Hey everybody, it's Ben Reiser. I'm here with Pauline Lampert, who uh, was on the Wisconsin Zone Programming Committee this year, and we are talking to Edith Rodriguez, the director of Ashes, which is one of the short films we programmed as part of this year's Wisconsin's own series. Thanks so much for joining us, Edith. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we um, love your film and uh, are excited to be sharing it with our audiences. And I'm assuming that anyone who's listening to this has probably watched Ashes in the recent past. Um, And so um, we're not going to try to avoid spoilers or anything. Uh, I don't know if any will come up in the conversation, but uh, anyway. Um, This is a a five-minute film, um, which to me... When I watch it, and and I think in general, if you're making a a short, short film like this, it sort of gives you the opportunity to try to get everything exactly right. Like, you're like, okay, I've got five minutes to tell this story. How am I going to do it? Uh, I want to make sure every moment is exactly the way I want it to be. So, first of all, I'm wondering how it was that you came to make this film, and... um, what what were some of the things you wanted to make sure you got right? Yeah, so um, being in Texas, I think driving out to the countryside, you sometimes get these scenic views. And I just thought of like, what a perfect place to have an idyllic like summer romance. Um, but there's also kind of a tragic quality to that scenery. Um, so really, Ashes was inspired by the landscape and because of that I wanted not to have any dialogue so kind of the criteria was let's do something that really is is truly like a visual poetry with voiceover um, versus where especially with five minutes we knew we weren't going to have a lot of time to really dive into a lot of dialogue so that was one of the key choices Um, and our DP Shane Stewart um, does wedding videography on the side. So what I asked him to do was to really approach it like he would a wedding and that we didn't really storyboard a lot extensively because we wanted to have freedom to kind of do almost documentary style and go with where the actors were taking us in some of the scenes. I want to just ask you, um, um, since you mentioned Shane, he's the cinematographer and the editor. Is he somebody that you knew and were friends with? and have collaborated with before, or did you find him because that's the kind of look you wanted for this film? Uh, Yeah, we actually have worked on a lot of corporate projects together, um, and he was the editor of one of my other short films. And so um, we've we've had a chance to work together in the past and work really well. And so uh, the other thing with Shane is he's very creative um, and a problem solver. And so even some of the things that we used, um, like for lighting and setup, he built himself um, and and really went to a DIY approach. But we're also both part of the Dallas Filmmakers Alliance. Um, so I firmly believe in partnering with your local filmmakers and really working with each other collaboratively. So that's part of how it came together, too. Um, can you just talk a little bit more about your background as a, a filmmaker and a creative person? Um, how did you how did you even know you were capable of making this project? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm originally from Puerto Rico, um, but we moved to Milwaukee when I was eight. So I lived there for about 20 years. Um, and 
Growing up, my mom was pretty strict. We didn't consume a lot of TV or film, so it wasn't until much later in life that I really even understood the indie film world. And Wisconsin Film Festival was actually the very first festival I ever went to in 2010 with my friend Sean. We drove up to Madison. And uh, I remember we got lost on the way there. <laughs> but that was really the first time I saw um, indie filmmaking. And I remember like, wow, this is a whole nother world than, than I've been exposed to. And really at that time, it was kind of as a consumer. Um, I've always been into writing um, in high school. That was like poetry and short stories, like your typical kind of writer evolution. Um, and I loved photography. And it wasn't till I was much older that it started to click that film brings those two mediums together. Um, and so that's when I started to experiment. And when we moved to Dallas, I joined the Filmmakers Alliance and attended their workshops. Um, and that's who I made my first uh, film with and then Ashes as well. Awesome. It sounded like you really had this film pretty well mapped out in your head before you started. Um, and I'm wondering if there were anything, any choices that you uh, left for yourself or, or ended up changing in post-production I'm thinking specifically uh, one question I had, which is that there's this there's a pretty intense musical score that accompanies the voiceover narration for most of the film. But the first few seconds of the voiceover are without music and then you bring the music in. I wonder, was that always your idea to start with the voice and then bring in these other audio elements or whether that was something you played with? Um, so it. Those, I'm so excited that you picked up on that because those are the result of a few things that happened during filming that then affected post. Um, so in the original script, um, instead of her slamming that door, she was going to be in a garage and the garage door was going to close and that was going to give us the title card. Um, the garage we were going to use was locked and we didn't have access to it. <laughs> Um, so we looked around the property uh, and we saw the shed and we were like, okay, let's just use the shed. We'll make it work. And so we did a little bit of production design. And um, when, when sh we were doing sound design and working with Shane, um, kind of that boom of the door closing felt like a really strong transition to really kick things off. So we didn't want it to feel like it was kicking off before that moment. We wanted it to feel like there was this distinct moment before the title card, and then she's taking us into the story. And because the story is the romance, that's when it felt like the music should come in. Um, and Jamie, uh, who, Penkin, who is uh, the composer, is just amazing. Um, I was so excited to, to find her. And so she, um, she would send me these like temp scores and, and things to look at. And she had, um, one of the things that I did very early on was share everything with the whole cast and crew, like the lookbooks, the themes, the references, the location photos. And so Jamie had access to all of that. And that way we were all kind of getting in that same mood of the story. And she really just kind of just brought it to life. We also did a completely dry edit um, without any music to make sure that we really had the story completely tight and then started. So we didn't actually even put a temp score in um, and, and as part of our initial phase of post. Wow. We were, um, 
after watching it without a score, were you were you at all tempted to say, well, maybe this works without music? Um, I was, I always knew that I wanted music, but I, I think editing without the score, um, made me almost forget how much it was going to add. So then when Jamie sent it back, it was like, wow, this, like the music is really key. Um, so it was like, we ended up giving ourselves a nice surprise, (laughs) uh, by adding it later on. Yeah, um, that's great. Um, I guess, like, can you talk more about the collaborative process of, of working on this film? Um, specifically working with actors. Um, I know these are pretty young actors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did they, were, were they experienced performers? Did you kind of have to, to coach them along or did they just take to it naturally? What was that process like? Yeah, so Olivia um, was 17 at the time of filming and Michael was 18. So um, this is one of their first uh, few projects for both of them. Um, Because of COVID, we actually had to postpone. We were initially going to film in May um, and we postponed all the way to September. Um, So we had to do our callbacks and auditions via Zoom. And um, Olivia and Michael actually auditioned with different people, but we loved each of them. So we had them come back and, um, their chemistry read, we just knew like, okay, they're like, this is our, this is our, our cast. Um, and they were really natural. I think what also helped is because there was no scripted dialogue, they were free to just ad lib the whole time and kind of just play around without having to worry about learning lines. Um, but they were, amazing and you know with olivia specifically that crying scene we left it for last because we knew it was going to be pretty intense but she did that in one take um and all i said to her you know we were talking about like the scene and so we looked at the cross and i said okay when you look at this it's all wrong this is not how it was supposed to end And then we just shot it and it was that one take and she just brought it to life. And so when she went to redo her makeup, we watched the playback. She was fully planning to come back and do it again. And so after we watched the playback, she came back with her makeup redone and we're like, you don't need to do it again. (laughs) Uh, So that was awesome. Uh, But they were amazing. And some of the um, some of the footage that we use, like by the lake when they're at the dock, we actually hadn't called action yet. Shane, um, they were just kind of playing around, like practicing, and Shane just started rolling. So some of the clips that are in there are just them being themselves and playing around before filming. Yeah, there's a real naturalism, um, and they seem so comfortable in front of the camera, mm-hmm. and that was really one of the things I was struck by when, when watching it. Um, Yeah, and I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about something you mentioned in your cover letter. Um, When you submitted this to us, I was kind of struck by by what you wrote and just like talking about your commitment to, uh, you know, diversity and like thinking about who gets to make films, who is represented in films, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I'm wondering if you can maybe just talk about that briefly. how much of this commitment to diversity really went was a part of of this film film and 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 you know will be in your future endeavors? 
Yeah, um, so we definitely wanted to have diversity both in front and behind the camera. But one thing that's really important to me um, is I feel like sometimes, especially as a Latinx filmmaker, it can feel like you have to make films that are about your culture or your heritage. Um, and I just wanted to be able to put, you know, a Latinx person, an African-American lead in front of the screen and just have them be in a love story. And um, there was things, we we wrote it all as open ethnicity. So we didn't, um, we, we kind of took auditions from everyone, but there were things that we tweaked a bit um, once we cast them. So for example, I think I had um, the lead, I think he was fishing in the original script. And I was like, mm, Michael looks like he'd be playing like football with his little brother. So I called my friend and said, hey, can you bring your son over to the set? And he's gonna be Michael's you know, little brother. And so there's tweaks like that, that I think, you know, even though we didn't write um, for specific race or ethnicity, once we found our perfect match, then it was, okay, let's look at the script and see what can we tweak and tailor that meets their personality or their style. But I wanted to be able to, you know, I think our world should just be a little more open when it comes to film and TV to having anybody in those roles. And I wish there was a lot more open ethnicity casting, um, where you're not just looking at a Latinx lead or a minority lead if it's written that way. Um, so that's like the way I like to think of diversity is I just want to see us in any kind of story, um, which made it a challenge, I'll be honest, in submissions, because when I looked at the list of festivals, I was like, well, can I submit to Latino festivals? Because I didn't really make a Latino film. It's just a love story. And so um, it makes it interesting, that dynamic. Yeah. I am. Um... I looked for it, and maybe I missed it if it's in the credits, but who is who is doing the voiceover narration in this film? It's Olivia, the lead actress. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, um, we recorded it in between scenes in a closet of the Airbnb we rented <laughs> with uh, the one of the, um, our AC, uh, Jordan, who also did the, the still photography, um, he runs a podcast for the Dallas Filmmakers Alliance. So he brought over the podcast gear um, and just set up one of the closets and we shot it in between, we recorded in between takes. And so I think that's, um, for me, kind of a testament to, I find a lot of value in collaborating with people that are, um, I think sometimes you feel like you have to chase after people that are at a higher level. Um, and I really love, partnering with peers and things like a local filmmakers alliance because everyone's really creative and you know when we're debating things like oh should we should we book a studio and you know Olivia was from Houston we were filming in Dallas and then you know what does that mean if she's not here and someone just goes well let's just do it here I have podcast gear uh, you know we can set it up in this closet and it turned out great um so yeah yeah, no, she does a, a really great job, and it makes me want to see her in other roles where we get to see her speak on screen. <laughs> yeah, and I know that she's been busy. Um, I, I talked to her a couple of weeks ago doing more short films, so I hope we get to see. She's she's going off to college next year. Uh, she's going to film school, so I hope we get to see a lot more of her. Mm-hmm. I I know you said, the, and, I, and I can totally see it, the sort of wedding photography or videography vibe 
to the way the film looks. But I also, in some shots, almost got like a Terrence Malick vibe. Um, what What are some films or filmmakers that you might have looked to when you were working on this or just that you have enjoyed uh, in your life? Um, well, I recently, so I just watched all of Chloe's filmography from Songs My Brothers Taught Me to Nomadland. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm on a Chloe kick right now. <laughs> um, but I also love Andrew Arnold. Um, and kind of, this might sound a little left field, but um, Cuaron and, you know, films like Children of Men, where the background is always telling a story. Um, that was really important for us to and we actually the um, the entire film is is on the same property, so we had to make it look like we were going places. Um, but it's all a very small area <laughs> that we were using and just kind of turning in different ways. Um, so to be that was um, c- kind of just the the other thing we looked at was in terms of camera, um, a lot of the the afters is a little more like desaturated and there's a little more stillness to it than when we're in the before timeline. Um, so we played around with that too. Um, and I think, you know, I always love to visually tell a story, but specifically for me, my first film, I was so worried about messing it up that it was all one location and it was at a dinner table and we like I was like okay I can just do like one place and so I wanted to do the total opposite I was like okay if I'm gonna grow I'm gonna be outside and let's use like the landscape so I think that's part of um you know I feel like our culture sometimes it makes it seem like you have to convince yourself that you're great and you're not making mistakes and for me part of growing is challenging yourself as a filmmaker so um since i made a dialogue heavy short film that was in one location i'm like okay the next one is going to be all outside with no dialogue let's see if you can do that um so i think part of it is just testing your your limits and seeing where you can grow so what are you working on now uh, right now, I am. I actually just found a producer that I'm partnering with for my first feature film, um, set in Milwaukee in the early 2000s. It's a coming of age story, um, so we are um, pitching that and really excited about it. And um, you're not going to shoot that in Texas, are you? No, we would be shooting in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, it's called Southside Girls because I grew up on the south side of Milwaukee. Um, and so I really, um, I, I think I've grown a little tired of people constantly thinking that it's nothing but dairy farms and like <laughs> cheese heads. And so I'm like, let me show you the underbelly of this city and what it's really like to grow up um, in Milwaukee. So that's a little bit of what I'm working on. <laughs> Well, just to let you know, your film is being uh, sponsored in part by the dairy farmers of Wisconsin. So <laughs> we hey, do have them I, here. <laughs> yes. And I love some cheese curds. I, we got our first Culver's um, near Dallas and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, yeah, I guess I that was one thing that... Um, just I was really struck by in your initial answer about what inspired this film. Just the idea that a place can be both beautiful and tragic. 
Um, and so I'm wondering just what is your kind of scouting process? Is that is that just uh, looking at a place and kind of getting a feeling? Or um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so initially we were going to shoot by the Brazos River. Um, we lost that location when we had to reschedule due to COVID. But um, I grew up in a really small town in Puerto Rico where there wasn't even a hospital that I could be born in in the town that I'm from. I had to be born in the next town over. Um, and so I've just always been obsessed with what a place means to where you are in life because I've been back and forth between different places, um, especially you know moving between Puerto Rico and Wisconsin and then Texas. Um, and I relate everything back visually. So when I think back to different moments in time, looking at what the landscape means. For ashes, um, I also wanted to explore the the concept of regrets. I feel like we we live in such a, you know, positive influencer culture where everything, you know, you shouldn't have regrets and everything that happened to you is for a reason. And I just thought, well, if something really bad happens, like it's okay to have regrets and think that you would have done it differently. And that's um you know, when I think of, of that, then I thought of nostalgia. And when I thought of nostalgia, I thought of the Texas countryside. And so it all started coming um, together this way. And that's why I think ideas can kind of come from anywhere. That line that it ends with, with um, I would have changed everything about that summer. I had that scribbled in a notebook for years. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, and it wasn't until we were on that road trip where I was like, oh, I could use this for a love story. So I think, you know, we just have to be open to inspiration and also to ideas evolving um, without trying to force it. Because I didn't know what I was going to do with that for a long time until um, the scenery kind of brought it together. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I'm so glad you submitted your film to us and that we get to show it to everyone here in Madison and Wisconsin and since we're online this year maybe even outside of those borders um, look forward to whatever you do next especially if it's this Milwaukee feature hopefully maybe yeah. you can submit that to us next year or two years yeah. who knows how long that would take yeah I'm super excited um, I think like I mentioned in my cover letter this was the first festival I ever went to and so to be part of it is a really amazing full circle moment for me. I still remember one of my favorite films from that festival. It was about an imaginary friend uh, that this guy had and the imaginary friend got jealous when the guy got a girlfriend and I was I just thought it was hilarious and I still think about like all the films that I saw there. So I'm super excited to be a part of it. That's so great. Uh, do you remember the name of that film? I, I think it was from Spain, because um, I remember it being subtitled, but I don't remember the name of it. It would have been in 2010, I guess. Um, it was a short. Well, I'm sorry we weren't able to bring you here this year. would have been great, but uh, next time. Yeah. Thanks so much, Edith. All right, thank you. Thank you both.